Hey y'all, this is OXDF, and uh, today for the Business CTF 2023, we're going to be looking at a couple of the forensics challenges from the 2022 Business CTF. Uh, the first one of them is MB Coin. It's a challenge I actually got to create. Um, it was a fun one to make and uh, hopefully a fun one to solve. It's a real piece of malware, a real phishing doc, and it's a Word document that has some lightly obfuscated uh, Visual Basic for applications like macros in there, and uh, it drops a VB script, which then downloads a handful of DLLs or tries to. Now, if you run that, it's not going to actually download them because those the, the URLs it connects to aren't don't exist. But we also get a PCAP with the challenge, and we can go through the PCAP and carve out the requests that were made, figure out how to take the data that was sent back in those requests, decode it, and get the flag out of a uh, .NET executable that comes back. Um, the second one we're going to look at is called Perseverance, and this is a really neat challenge. It's a WMI persistence challenge. We're going to give you the uh, WMI repository from a Windows machine and with, with the idea that there's something malicious going on in there. And so we're going to have to uh, do a little bit of background to learn about what, what exactly is WMI um, at a very surface level, because WMI is very complicated. Specifically, we're going to look at WMI events and uh, how they're set up in the three parts of a WMI event. And then we're going to use some Python scripts from the Flare team over that uh, originally put out the famous talk about WMI persistence in 2015. And we're going to use those scripts to first carve out the uh, filters that are causing us problems. And then we're going to have to go back in and get the default value for a WMI object um, that the uh, persistence is using. And from there, we will get an actual piece of, you know, a binary that would be a grunt or a C2. Um, and in there, in a decryption key, we will find a flag. So um, it's a fun time. Um, let's go ahead and dive in. MB coin. Um, this is actually a challenge I wrote, and uh, it's based on a real phishing doc. Uh, I made some changes at the end, and of course, instead of downloading malware, it downloads a little binary that gives you a flag. But um, otherwise, it's a real piece of malware. So um, it's a realistic challenge. Let's take a look and see what we can find. Um, the prompt is, we've actively been monitoring the most extensive spear phishing campaign in recent history for the last two months. Uh, it abuses crypto, current, crypto market crash to target disappointed crypto owners. Um, we've got a, we've detected it and we've got some malicious email as well as some network traffic assessed to be associated with the user who opened the document. Um, let's find out what happened. So uh, I'm starting here in a Windows VM. We will um, jump over here and I've got uh, a document here. We'll go ahead and give it an open. Um, as super common, right? Anything downloaded from the internet, you're going to have this macros. Have, macros have been disabled. That's a hint that there's probably some macros to check out. Um, let's see, have you been wondering how to make money? Uh, get through now, you may be eligible for a thing. Make sure you click enable content. So that's a very common thing you see in phishing documents is they're telling you, oh yeah, you'll skip through that security thing and go ahead and just enable it and we'll calculate how much MB coin you've won. Um, we we can actually enable this. We're gonna live a little dangerously here. We know this is not, it's from Hack the Box. It's not actually gonna hurt my system. So uh, here we go. Unfortunately, I am not eligible for free coin and that is a bummer. Um, but it did pop up and tell me that. So um, let's take a look and see what we have here. Um, I can hit Alt F11 to jump up into the uh, macro editor. I'm apologies to anyone who does not like light mode like myself, but uh, that's the Microsoft application here does not give me many options that I know of. Um, and this is simple, so we won't be here too long. Oh, and we're getting this pop up. I'm going to come back to that in just a second. Well, we'll do it right quick. Um, there's a problem starting program data www.dll. Um, and so we can actually quick break here and jump over and go to program data. And there is no, uh, there's no www.dll. That's probably part of the problem. Um, we could dig into these files with what's legit, what was there not. We could also 
um, take a snap, like delete them all and then take a snap, but it might mess up my system, but we could look at like what changes when we run this, but we won't need to. It's gonna become very obvious real quick here. Um, so we've got these two objects. Let's see, we have, we have QQ. So first of all, this runs auto open. So it's gonna run when the system, when the document opens. Um, we've got QQ1 and QQ2, which are reading off active document shapes. Um, I can grab that right here and come down to like intermediate window and do print document shapes. Oh, I cannot do that. Um, oh, I can't, let's, of course not. Uh, if I, let's see, I can grab it like this. If I do set like this, and then we can get QQ alternative text. That's what I'm looking for. So we can do print and we can see, it looks like the contents of a script of some kind here, um, starting here. So we can pull that information, but um, I'm jumping ahead of myself here a little bit. So we got these two objects which are being used to hide text in the document. Um, they could even be like those, the um, monkey logos we saw in the document. I think that's exactly, I think that's what I did. Um, and then we've got some strings here. So we've got C program data, um, pin.vbs. Uh, we're, we're doing a lot of string reversing here. Uh, here's some more stuff. I'm not sure where that gets used. Um, we're getting, we are getting, I'm clearly changing the document when I'm dragging it around. Uh, we are getting the alternative text from these two objects and we're saving it as dub dub. And then we're gonna create a file. Um, we're gonna open ROI, which we can see here is uh, RO, so program data pin.vbs, and we're gonna to write to it. Um, and then we're gonna get a shell and we're gonna call, uh, this is gonna be reversed, but we can, we, without, we need to type this out, uh, cmd slash k cscript.exe, uh, and then we're gonna call that script. Then we're gonna wait about five seconds, and then we are going to say, no matter what, you're not eligible for coin. No one, no one was ever gonna get the coin, guys. It's kind of disappointing. Um, so we're basically going to run this script and that's, we're, we're done with the macro part here. So we can skip out of this, uh, close that, um, we're basically done with the document. So we can go into, let's see, we already did, um, the fastest way to do this is I will open up a new file explorer and go to program date data. And here is pin.vbs. We'll open it with notepad++ and here we go. I'm going to pause real quick here and just show how we could have done the same thing from Linux. Um, if we had been over here, um, I've got the same stuff in a document here. Um, OLE VBA, my favorite tool for getting uh, macros out of documents. We can run this and, oops, better page up here. Um, we can see the same macro here that we can, is dumped here. Um, it's warning us about the different suspicious things it's doing. So that that's pretty nice. Um, we need a way to get those strings out. Um, OLE dump is another tool from da stevens that's super useful um we can run that here and it will show us the different streams that are available in the ole object and in fact we could take so it looks like vast majority of these are all associated with macros um, we've got this word document one and we've got this i one table one um, i don't know what exactly which one it is but we can do uh, if we pick a stream so let's pick like stream 15 the word document and we do a dash d it's going to print all that stuff to the screen. Now that one was not super useful and seems to have maybe even broken my terminal. Um, what was the other one we had? Four was kind of long. And I'm just picking the longer ones because they're the more likely to have uh, this kind of stuff in them, right? And boom, there we go. Uh, here is the, oops, I went past it. Here is the, uh, the different strings we need. So it's a little harder because we don't have exactly where they start and end, but we could basically get a feel for, you know, what this, these two big strings we need to grab and how to put them in order. Um, so we could do that from this Linux machine as well. Uh, and from, from here on, we could do 
basically everything from the Linux machine as well. I'm just going to do it over here because I've got a whole copy in the Windows VM. Um, so let's take a look at this script. Uh, first of all, it's going to do this kind of date add thing until now. So this is probably the long sleep that we saw that caused um, some issues before I saw that error pop up. Um, then we've got these LL things. I'm just going to pr pretend we're going to skip those for a second and see what, how they're useful. We'll come back to them. Um, now I'm building this H0, which is just the string PowerShell combined this way. I'm going to create a W script shell. Um, now I'm going to run PowerShell space and then each of the LL things comma zero. Um, so I'm going to use the WScript shell to run each of these PowerShell things. I'm going to sleep for five seconds. Now I've got these MM things, so some more uh, obfuscated PowerShell. And I'm going to do the same thing. So I'm running the PowerShell for each of those, sleeping half a second in between each of them. Um, and at the end, here i got to sleep for 15 seconds. And then I'm going to run DLL32, so run a DLL um, on this www.dll and program data, calling the ordinal or the... Uh, export LDR. So DLLs export functions, and we want to find the LDR function. Uh, then we're going to clean up after ourselves, clean up after ourselves, sleep some more. Um, what is OK1, OK2, OK3? I didn't even see those. Uh, and then we run some stuff that doesn't exist. So it might even just be left over. Oh, no, right here. Sorry. We're doing, we're setting those things, and then we're doing those things. So yeah. Um, so what are these things up here? Let's take a look. Um, I'm going to grab one of these. We will just uh, can we just, I guess we'll just jump to a new file here and we lose our syntax highlighting. Maybe we'll just do it into the line here. We can keep syntax highlighting. Um, okay, we'll do it this way. So nano is equal to juex replace joo with i. So this is the string iex. Um, then we're going to set an alias oy to be nano, so it'll be iex. Um, now we have this AA is equal to new. We can, we can basically start to piece this together, right? Because we can see AAQ, we're going to join foo x is equal to a a q q w w e e etc. So we're going to have new object net web client download file uh, URL. So basically, we're going to download this URL. And we're going to save it to c program data www.1.dll. We can see all these are actually the same, except for we have different URLs. So we have privacy careers, perfect demos, business z, blah, blah, blah. And we have www1, www2, all the way through five. So we're just going to download five different things and save them as dub dub one through five. Um, if we come down here to the next section, we got some more PowerShell here. And so we're going to do things like, and this is where, you know, we, we can do that manually where we just did, or we can start to do things where we, you know, grab, let's see. So we have uh, B equals read all bytes, blah, 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 through this line. Uh, we could just copy this, paste it in. And oh, can't do this. You cannot find. So we, we see what it's trying to do. Um, let's see, we'll come here and we'll say, let's not do all the actual read all bytes. Let's just grab this string. Let's see, maybe I've got one too many, but I think I need one. Um, I need one here. Sweet. So you can see this is just building the string C program data www.1.dll. So we're going to read all the bytes into B. Uh, K is going to be this string here, just adding together strings. R is going to be a new object that is a byte array of length of B. So the same length as B. And then we're going to do for I equals zero. I is less than B dot length, I plus plus. We're going to go over each byte in B or I, um, B or R. R sub I is going to be B sub I XORed by the K, the Kth byte. Basically we're, it's basically we're just applying an XOR string to this thing we downloaded.
Uh, and then if r.length is greater than zero, so if b.length is greater than zero, we're going to write all the bytes into C. We can just basically say this is C program data, dub, 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 DLL, um, we write the bytes. So what these lines are doing is we're going to take each of these uh, DLLs, we're going to loop over them and decrypt them with a, I think, is it the same or is it different? It looks like it's actually changing slightly. Um, yeah, yes, there's definitely slight changes, like here's OM1 plus X and OM1 plus P, so it, it kind of a custom XOR key for each one we download, and then we're writing each, all of them over www.dll. So that means whichever one runs, well, so we, we, that's what the 5Ms are, and we can see they all run in order. So whichever one runs last, like M, M5, is going to be the one that is going to be the one we actually end up running as www.dll, assuming that that succeeds. So what do we need out of here? Um, if we try to run this now, clearly it failed because we can, none of these URLs exist. They're all that HDB domains. They don't, they're not even real. Um, so this is where we can use the PCAP. Um, let's go ahead real quick and take a look at the PCAP. And we can start off real quick. We see a bunch of DNS, which is, um, I'm going to skip through kind of an overview of the PCAP. We can jump straight to the DNS for the sake of time. And we can see um, all these dots, like here's calling point .hack the box, and we get back an IP. Here's another one with an IP. Um, so let's see, what was the, the number five? is corporate bonus.corporatebusinessmachines. Uh, so that's right here. And the response is no such name bonus. So that one didn't exist. That didn't, that's not gonna have returned anything. So that one won't have succeeded. Um, this next one is cablingpoint.htb. And I'm going from the bottom because I want the one that was run last. Um, so cablingpoint. that one did get a valid URL. Um, so we kind of can say that's probably, let's take a look at what the streams here. Um, this PCAP is quite short. There's not a lot in here. I'm going to grab TCP packet towards the top and follow it. Um, in fact, oh man, that's tiny. I wonder if I can make that bigger. Um, we're not going to stay in this window very long. So all we need to really see here is that uh, this one is to cabling points, actually the one we care about. And there's just a bunch of data here. Um, the next stream is to businessz.htb and there's a 404 not found. So that one didn't isn't returning anything. Um, and then there's one other private private pri Piracy careers.htb and that did return some stuff as well. Um, so I'm most interested in, let's see, we'll export the objects. We'll grab the HTTP objects. Um, we'll grab the cabling point.htb. That's the one we're interested in and save it. Uh, and it's going to save it as vmm.html. So that's fine for now. And we'll close that and we can actually get out of here. Um, we've got this thing now and we need to decode it. We need to do the decryption. So we can actually just grab, where's my uh, M4, we just need this line right here, right? Uh, so we can do between the quotes, I'll do this. Let's see. First, let's grab, where's our PowerShell here? So we'll go into desktop, biz, MB coin. Okay, we got the thing here. We will copy vm.html to program data. And when this was www.4.dll. And now I think I can just paste in literally all that. And I can, should be able to in our program data now. Did I have, I thought, I think I had that open somewhere here. Uh, now I have a www.dll. Um, and we can actually just run it. Um, how are we running it? We're gonna, we want the LDR function. So we could grab this right here. Copy. Oops, I lost my paste somehow. Uh, we'll just do, let's see. Program data, so run DLL32, 
www.dll, comma, lbr, and boom, we got the flag. Um, this binary literally just pops up the message box with the flag. Um, if you were to open it up and reverse it, it is a .NET binary, so you can get the full source, and it literally just calls this. Um, we can even run strings on it in our Linux uh, VM, and it, the flag will pop out there too. So um, a bunch of different ways to approach this problem. But uh, anyway, this is a phishing document. It's a real phishing document, but also you're probably going to see a phishing document in this year's CTF, so uh, keep an eye out for it. All right, next we're going to look at perseverance. Let's go ahead and check out the prompt. Um, during a recent security assessment, um, the employee's credentials were in a data database. They've basically come down to, I'm just kind of skim through this, but basically um, they've determined that there is a malicious actor living in their WMI for persistence. I've given the WMI repository for the, from the user's workstation, and can I analyze and expose the technique? I mean, this is super cool. I love, um, WMI is such a cool... Uh, Thing. It's such a, you know, and, and I still remember in 2015 when, in fact, we'll talk about this. Um, I'm going to jump in here. There was this DEF CON presentation at DEF CON 23 um, by the FireEye team, and they just kind of like brought this out into the world in a way that uh, was very exciting to watch. Um, I really recommend this is an hour, if you're in information security, this is an hour and 45 minutes well spent. Um, it's information that's still useful to know today, even though it's, you know, eight years old. Um, I'm actually going to use, we're going to do a little WMI background here real quick, and I'm going to use slides out of that presentation. Um, so basically, WMI is, inc is this incredibly complicated architecture where you have these different clients, there's query languages, um, there's this protocol standard called through DCOM, which can then talk to the WMI service, WMI management, which then has these providers, and um, there's a repository for database, and it can do things like create processes, and it can listen for events, and it can do all sorts of things. It's complicated. We are going to focus, um, and when we start thinking about malware living in WMI, we're going to focus largely on this thing called WMI events. And what that really is, is it's three pieces of WMI, uh, a filter, a consumer, and a binding. And so a filter is a thing that says when this happens, this thing to watch out for, when this happens, this is, this is what is going to cause me to trigger. A consumer is some action you're going to take. So you can say run a process or write a log or copy a file or send a, send a send a log somewhere. Um, and so the binding is what registers and connects the filter to the consumer so that when the filter happens, the binding points it to the consumer and the consumer does the thing. Um, and so this is really useful from the point of view of a piece of malware because we can use this WMI filter you know, events to get persistence without keeping files on the disk, right? We're living, we're living in this WMI sim repository in these managed, in, you know, in managed objects and in, we're not somewhere that you just see uh, malware living on a system. So it's, if, especially at the time, it was a very stealthy way to do things. Um, so let's jump over here. We've got uh, all these files except for prompt.txt or what came in the downloadable zip. And they, they told us in the zip, this, this is a WMI um, management repo uh, repository. So um, the, the script we're going to use is this from the Flare team, which is, uh, let's see, go back up here. Oops, didn't mean to go that far. Uh, which is from... Uh, Flare WMI. Now this is old. It's like six or seven years last last modified uh, five years ago. Um, it says that the Pi Sim is still actively development. I don't know about that, but it but it works well and it's certainly a good enough tool for what we're trying to do today. Um, if you're at all familiar with the uh, Impacket set of tools on Windows, which is where or on Windows on Linux, which is a set of Python libraries that do things that are used, you know, that speak the Windows native things. Um, and you get sample scripts with it. This is of the same idea. So there's this Python sim library, and we, we're going to 
pip install, you know, we're going to go into this directory and run pip install dot to do install this setup.py. But then there's also this samples directory with all these things, scripts that show us things you might want to do. So the same way that, um, you know, Impacket has a thing for Kerber roasting, you know, that shows off, it's an example of using their tools. Um, this has ways to show filter to consumer bindings. And so that's what one of the scripts we're going to use. So we're going to use those samples. Um, in fact, let's go over here and we'll do that, just that. Um, we can do Python op, where did I store it? Flare WMI, Python sim, and then we want to go to samples. And what did I just say? It's called show filters, maybe? Yeah. And um, just from playing around with this, we could open up the script and look. Uh, but we know this either has to take XP or Win7 as the first argument, and we're just going to assume it's Win7 because it's not XP. Um, and we're going to give it the current directory to have the the, bind, the, uh, the repository. And we actually get two bindings back here. You can see one here and one here. It's not the prettiest output, but it's, you know, okay, okay. Um, this first one is a SCM event log filter. Um, this thing's legit Windows. This is like on all systems. I actually remember trying to, working in a large sock and trying to uh, implement rules to detect filter to consumer bindings, um, WMI filters uh, across our enterprise and finding, being overwhelmed with the number of these type of events that I ran into that like, oh, these are legit, this is real. Um, but this other one is not. And in fact, we can see, so here's our filter as called Windows Update and we're gonna, it's a, it's a WMI query language. Um, we're gonna be searching for things within modified, when things get modified within WMI, I'm not exactly sure what this is doing, but it probably is going to end up being like a periodic thing that just happens every 60 seconds or so. Um, but what's really interesting to me, obviously, is this payload, right? So we're going to run PowerShell uh, with an encoded command right here. And so now seems like a good time to take this. In fact, we can just let's say we go to um, CyberChef. We can actually just do it right here. And we'll base 64 minus D. Let's see what we get. Um, one long line. Let's, let's uh, TR replace semicolon with new line so we can get a kind of a better feel of what we're looking at it's not bad okay so file is going to be a wmi class um this in the root in the root sim v2 repository we're looking for a wmi or win32 memory array device object and we're going to get the properties uh the value then we're going to create a stream we're going to take a file and convert it from base 64 and then we're going to uh, decompress it deflate it uh, with the deflate stream and then we're basically going to load this into memory and invoke it. Um, so we're going to pull a binary out of WIM and run it in memory without writing to disk. So the next thing we need to do then is figure out, okay, well, how do we figure out what this WMI memory array device is? Um, and we'll use another, let's see, go up here. We'll use another one of these sample files. And we'll look, this one's called auto carve class. We'll start with um, names. We can just give it the, the current directory again. And you can see all these are all the um, class names that are defined and described within the WMI repository. Now, if we go to the very end, we see uh, the last one of well, the last two is uh, the one we're looking for here. Um, so we can now do instead of doing class names, we'll do class definitions. Um, and this one this puts out a ton of output, so I'm gonna have to just type it to less so we can search in it easily. And if I search for w, the array memory array device, here it is. And so here is that device and here's the default value which is a big blob of base 64 data um, which is exactly what i want right so let's uh, i'm going to shrink this window down here so we can grab the whole thing we'll come up here copy that let's jump over and we can jump into cyber chef 
like whenever I have to do like inflate, that's always a useful one to do here. Um, and I'll show you another trick we can do here. Um, we'll paste in here. We're going to from base 64. We're going to inflate raw inflate. And hopefully, yep, we've got a we've got a Windows executable down here. You know, MZ cannot run, cannot be run in DOS mode. That's perfect. Um, I, I want to take a look at this. Let's see. So we could save this to a file, uh, and we'll call it like perseverance. I'm going to tell you spell it. exe. Um, and we will come here and move downloads perseverance.exe to here. Into a file on perseverance.exe, and we can see that it's a Windows 32 bit executable. It's a .NET assembly, which means that we should be able to get the source code back or something very close to the source code. Um, so that, that'll be neat. Um, I could do this in IL Spy on this machine. I just, because I have a Windows VM available to me, it's just, I like DN Spy better. So I'm going to jump over DN Spy. Um, one trick we can do here if we want to just grab this uh, URL, copy this, come over here to my Windows VM, if I don't even need to go to Cybershop, I'll just paste this in and I get the exact same thing back here. So now I can download this and I'll call it Perseverance, Perse, Perseverance, isn't it? Perseverance.exe, you are all here for the spelling lessons, I'm sure. We will open that here. We will open up uh, Spy. Drag this in and the grunt stager. So this is looking like a C, like actually probably a real C2. Um, if we click in here, let's see what we get. Um, so we've got some base 64 strings, got some more base 64 strings. Um, doing some decryption, it looks like. Uh, so maybe now we'll start taking a look at what some of these things are. Anytime I see a bunch of base 64 strings like this, I'm, I feel like I definitely want to at least take a look at what that means, what's going on there. So we can do um, a new tab. Put this in here. Oh, I thought I copied. Based. Oh yeah, okay. From base 64. <laughs> That's definitely the start of a flag. So we, let's go ahead and grab this string builder right here. Oops, I did not mean to do that. Back. This string builder right here, you can see we've got these these one two three four, and then it's actually used down here to create the key that's going to be used for for encryption. So um, this is probably a legit piece of uh, malware that we are just using uh, the encryption key to be the flag. So let's place paste this in here, and it looks like we are getting very close. Hopefully, with any luck, this will produce the end. Um, so. Not not a super difficult challenge, especially the hardest part was probably finding the WMI tools to how to parse the WMI uh, repository. Um, and these Flareon tools work really well for it, or Flareon Flare tools work really well for it. Um, so I recommend those. Um, and uh, yeah, just knowing, the, understanding the idea of filter, consumer, and binding. And uh, when you think about WMI, it's going to be really useful for you. So uh, thanks for hanging out with me today. I'll talk to you next time.